0: At this time, I like probably every other pastor uh, reads through the Christmas stories and all in Matthew and Luke. Uh, and there's a something that God has refreshed in my heart uh, from the Christmas story that I want to share with you this morning. So I'm going to look at uh, Luke's gospel in chapter one. I'm going to begin reading in the 26th verse. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Father, we come before you this morning. Ever mindful, God, that apart from you, we can do nothing. Nothing. We have read your scriptures, O oh God, and now I pray for the Spirit of the Lord to equip me with all that I need to communicate the thoughts you've placed in my heart for all of us this morning. So that we can leave this place encouraged, strengthened, challenged, blessed of the Lord. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said with me, amen. amen, amen. All right, we're talking about Mary this morning. As we've read, Mary uh, was engaged to be married to Joseph. Mary would be at this time somewhere around 13, 14, or 15 years of age, which was about the age where a young woman uh, was married during this time. And so here she's engaged to be married. And on a day that she least expected, she is visited by an angel, a messenger from God who declared to her, Mary, you are highly favored, and the Lord is with you. And this was obviously a, a, a strange greeting to Mary, and the Bible tells us that she was confused and disturbed. Uh, she probably was wondering, uh, why, why am I highly favored? Uh, what is it that that even means, and what does it mean that the Lord is with me? And so the angel now gets a little bit more specifics and he tells her, you have found favor with God and you will conceive and you will give birth to a son and you're going to name him Jesus. He's going to be the son of the most high God. And he goes on to tell Mary this incredible story. Uh, Now, listen the Messiah and and his coming was not new to Mary. It was not new to any Jew, uh, but that was their hope. That was their expectation. They were waiting for Messiah uh, to come. And so the angel revealing all of this was not new to Mary. What was new to Mary was that she was the one that was chosen by God to give birth to Messiah. And so now she goes in and she approaches this from a very natural perspective because she said, well, but how could this be? I'm a virgin. And now the, the, the Gabriel comes and tells her, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and the power of the Most High God will overshadow you so that the one to be born will be holy. He'll be the Son of God. In other words, this is going to be a super natural birth Mary and in the end Mary humbly accepted what the angel had declared and said may every word that you said come true and we obviously we know that they did in fact come to pass and she gave birth to Messiah Jesus the son of the of God now, here's the connection that I want to make with us, and I'm talking this morning about an area that, if we are honest with ourselves, we have a tendency to struggle believing in. See, if you are a Christian here this morning, and by that I mean if you have embraced Jesus Christ as your Savior in your heart, if you've asked him to forgive you of your sins and you have surrendered the control of your life to him, he is now not just your Savior, but your Lord. And if you've asked Jesus Christ as your Savior, then like Mary, there is a prophetic calling on your life. Now, again, to to make sure that we're all on the same page, by, by prophetic calling, I'm talking about it's a divine declaration of how God will use your life for his purpose. That's what a prophetic calling is. It is a foretelling of God saying, this is what I have purposed and planned to do with your life for my honor and for my glory. And every single person that has embraced Christ as their Savior has a prophetic calling upon their life. And that's the area that we tend to struggle in. You see, a prophetic calling is God declaring to you and I that I I have a purpose for your life. I am going to use you to bring about the manifestation of my son and his character in your life. It could be a prophetic calling that God wants to use you in an area within the structure of the church. It could be in serving uh, in, the, in the worship team. It could be serving as an usher or the media department, working with children, or working with youth. It could be in working with, with, with the women. It could be in one of those areas of ministry. It could be used in the gifts of the Spirit during a service where there is speaking in tongues, which is simply an unknown language, and then someone who has the interpretation. It could be a prophetic gift. These are all prophetic callings within the structure of the church. And then there's a prophetic calling that can take place, out what we call in the market, outside the four walls of the church, whether it's in your home, in your community, uh, in your job, God has a prophetic calling upon your life. Come on, turn to one another and tell them that. God has a prophetic calling on your life. Listen, for those of you that are with us online, God has a prophetic calling on your life. In other words, God wants to use you and is declaring, I am going to use you in a specific way to bring forth the manifestation of my son, Jesus Christ. Now, the reason why we struggle and some of the things that I believe God wants to re, uh, remind us of, I think are going to help us overcome this struggle to believe. Uh, so let me begin with uh, three points I want to share with you regarding that uh, from Mary's life. And the first thing is this, that your calling is by grace. Your calling is by is by grace, which is the favor of God. In other words, when God chooses to use you, it's not because you are talented. It's not because you have this special ability. My God, if if God using us depended on ability, I would never be a pastor. Oh wait, somebody said yeah. Why you say yeah for? That was... A former employee that said that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not the most educated or the most eloquent. But see, God's calling, it's not about your talent. God's calling is not about your ability. In fact, you may think that you have no talent or no ability. And that still doesn't uh, mean that you are no longer of any use or you can't be used by God. In fact, you are a prime candidate to be used by God because it's not about your talent. It's not about your, your, uh, your ability. It, it's not about what you feel. God's favor, his grace, simply means God choosing us not because of talent, not because of ability, not because we don't feel anything, and by the way, not because we've earned God using us. See, God doesn't open a door for ministry to be used by by him because you've been around long enough, Uh, because, you know, uh, you've been given faithfully. None of us can ever earn God using us. God uses you and I simply by his grace. In fact, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 Look at verse 9 and 10 with me. This is uh, the Apostle Paul uh, stating, For I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. But whatever I am now, it is because God poured out his special favor on me. And not without results, for I have worked harder than any of these other apostles. Yet it was not I, but God, who was working through me by his grace. So even the Apostle Paul said, guys, I'm an apostle, but it's not because I deserve to be an apostle in fact i'm the I'm the worst of all the apostles or the least of all the apostles because I before I was saved I was actually persecuting the church I was I was going around arresting the people of God and putting them in prison that's the life that I was leading yet God saved me and then not only did God save me by his grace but now there's this prophetic calling that came into my life where God said "I am going to use you." You're going to be my vessel to take the gospel to places that no one has ever been to. And so I became an apostle, a messenger of God, called out to go to places that uh, no one has ever been to, to preach the gospel, to set up churches. And I did that because of God's grace. By God's grace, I am what I am. You see, your prophetic calling, number one, is by grace, the favor of God. Number two, your prophetic calling will be a virgin experience. A virgin experience. Now by that, I simply mean it's going to be doing something that you've never done before, something that you can't see yourself doing. That's what I mean by a virgin experience. I'm talking about the fact that I remember at one point in my life, I, I was asked to teach nine, eight- and nine-year-old class, and I had never taught children in my life, nor could I, did I feel that I could teach children, that I, had, I didn't have the patience for children, I didn't have the wherewithal to, to structure a lesson around that. And in, initially, I fought that because I couldn't see myself doing that. How many been know what I'm talking about, where, where there's opportunities that God opens doors for you to walk through a prophetic calling and say, this is how I want to use you. But all, often enough, the very first thing we do is we evaluate that calling based upon what we feel we can accomplish. If I feel I can do that, here I go, I walk in. But if I feel I can't do that, well, no, 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 I can't do that, you see. I've never done that before. I don't see myself doing that. I, I, I don't think... And I told that uh, the, the, the uh, Christian ed director at that time, I, I can't teach 89-year-olds. I thank God that she was firm with me. She said, well, if you can't teach this class, then we can't use you at all. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, who does she think she is? <laughs> this is the truth. But in that moment... I decided to say yes. And it was, I taught the, that class for over a year. It was, been, it was and has been one of the most rewarding times in my life. Teaching that class. Seeing children learn God's word. Having, even at that age, some of them be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see. God enabled me to do what I did not see myself doing. What I could not see myself doing. Uh, And and that that's been my history you see I've never from day one ever saw myself doing any of the things that God has called me to do because I, of my lifestyle because I was a former drug addict and a drug dealer and I came into the kingdom of God uh, limping if you will uh, asking God God could you just get my life clean because I, I couldn't even clean up my own life and so I never expected that not only would my God clean up my life but then God would say well I want to use you for this. In fact, I shared not too long ago uh, that I was with some pastors and I said, you know, when I first got God's call upon my life to be a pastor, it was in a prayer meeting. And I was just quiet and waiting before God. And suddenly I felt the voice of God speak so clearly to me that he was going to bring me into the ministry and make me a pastor. And of course, I thought that that was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard. So I felt right immediately that can't be God. I never told my wife because she would never believe that. I didn't tell anybody. But this gnawing in my spirit would not go away. And finally, I made an appointment one day to see one of the pastors. And and I, I, I wanted to come clean. I said, this, this is what's been going on in my heart and and. This is crazy, right? That's exactly how I presented it to him. Being a pastor, for me, that's crazy, right? And he goes, no. God has already told us that this is what he's planned for your life. Amen. And I was sitting there so surprised, like, what are you talking about? But you see, that I'm not just talking about being a pastor. I'm talking about any part of ministry. Amen. Sometimes you could be asked, To work with teenagers and you're like, ah, teenagers? I want to kill mine. Why would I want to work with them? (laughs) It could be working with children. In fact, I'm praying, I'm believing God that there are many men here that would hear the prophetic call of God to teach children. Because from our public school system all the way into the church, we have a lot of women teaching our children, but very few men teaching our children. And it's my heart desire as a pastor to see our children have male figures that are are saved, that love God, that are teaching them God's word. But that's very intimidating. Why? Well, because we've never seen ourselves do that. We don't believe we can do that. I'm talking about this prophetic calling that will take you out of your comfort zone. See, that's the whole thing about this prophetic call. God seldomly calls you to a place that you're comfortable in. He, he loves to put you in a place. Oh, I can sing, so I joined the worship team. I'm comfortable. And now Pastor Jason, came, uh, I want you to do a solo. Well, no, I, never do, I don't do solos. Well, why? that's okay. I want you to do so. God's going to help you. No, I don't do solos. Okay, won't do any solo. I want you to lead worship. Mm mm. If I don't do solos, you think I'm going to lead worship? Yeah, I believe God is going to help you. God wants you to do that. And at some point in time, if you want to serve God, you got to get out of your comfort zone. Because this prophetic calling is going to bring. What do you think it didn't bring uh, uncomfortable for Mary? It's a glorious thing to say you're going to give birth to the son of the living God, the Messiah. But what is Joseph going to think about all that? What is her family going to think about all that? We're naive to think that her life would not become Uncomfortable. As a result of this, even though it's glorious what God was going to do, that was going to take her out of her comfort zone. And that's what happens to you and I. We have this tendency that it's part of our sinful nature, our fallen nature. We like to be comfortable. How many have a comfortable chair at home? Let me see your hand. You got a comfortable chair. A, A comfortable spot. Did you know... That church is no different. I wonder how many of you are sitting in the same spot week after week. And you know why you do that? Because you're comfortable there. You've gotten acclimated. I'll probably say 10 years ago, you know, I usually sit in the front and this side. And one Sunday I said, next Sunday, I don't want you to sit in the same usual spot. Sit somewhere else. So that following Sunday, I sat right there. And I'll never forget the day this precious sister came to me and said, Pastor, you're in my seat. (laughs) And I go, really? She goes, yeah, that's my seat. And if you know me by now, you know, I looked at her and goes, not today. (laughs) And she was not happy with me. Why? Why? Because now, all of a sudden, you see, God can't come if I'm not in my seat. I'm comfortable that way. We love to be comfortable. And even when it comes to serving God, please do not ask me to do something that's going to make me uncomfortable. And oftentimes, the prophetic call that's upon our life is a struggle for us because it will take us right out of our comfort zone because we can't see ourselves ever doing what God is leading us to and that leads me to my third point regarding that because this prophetic calling is not only by grace that's number one it'll be a virgin experience it'll be something you that God will put in your heart it may be I want you to go out and share the gospel to people today. Well, but I've never done that before. But today is the day that you're going to do that. I'm going to bring people into your life. You're going to meet people that, are going, that need to hear the good news. The prophetic calling I'm talking about. And here is uh, the, that third point. The, your prophetic calling will require God to overshadow you. That word overshadow means to envelop in a haze or a cloud of brilliancy. Matthew chapter 17, verse 5. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my dearly loved son who b- brings me great joy. Listen to him. This is when Peter, uh, Jesus took Peter and John up into the mountaintop and Jesus was transfigured before them. And... They they didn't know what to say and, and what to do. And, and then all of a sudden, this, the cloud of God came and enveloped them, overshadowed them. Listen, when we're talking about being overshadowed by God, it simply means that God will empower you to accomplish what he has purposed. You see, the, this prophetic calling is not about your talents and your abilities. It's not that you've earned it, you're going to be able to accomplish God's purpose using God's power. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 reminds us, then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel, it is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's Army. All true ministry, where you are bringing forth Jesus Christ, where you are ministering Jesus Christ, can only be accomplished by the power of God. When you're teaching children, yes, you can go through a lesson uh, physically, but see, it's not about the physical lesson. It's about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit upon your life to transform what you are saying into the living Word of God, where it makes a change. As I've said, I don't believe I am talented. I don't believe I have any special abilities. I, I And I, my, I'm not an eloquent man, never have been, never will be, but my total dependency is that God has called me to do this, therefore God must equip me to do this. And I look to the Lord and say, God, if, if you don't come and empower me to communicate this truth, nothing is going to change in people's lives. See, I don't want people looking at, wow, he is educated. Wow, he he is eloquent. See, I want people to say, this guy, it doesn't impress anybody in any way. But some way, somehow, God ministers to me when he speaks. So that in the end, it's not about the person, it's about God. God gets the glory. God gets the glory. That's what this is all about, where people recognize. See, uh, unfortunately, through the course of history, people have elevated Mary to some status that she has not achieved to. Mary is not to be praised. Mary is not to be worshipped. But people brought her there. Why? Because somehow people are human nature. We love to put the servants on a pedestal. Please don't ever put me on a pedestal. If you knew me personally, you would often wonder, just like my father once wondered, I don't know how in the world God made you a pastor. My own father told me that one day. Why? Because when I make my family, I'm me, and you only see me for an hour and a half on a Sunday on this platform, and so you have this perception that I'm this individual. My wife can assure you I'm probably not. <laughs> I am a frail man who has responded to the prophetic call on his life, who depends so desperately on God empower me to communicate God's truth so that you walk out of here with more of Christ, not more of Carlos. Because that's what it's all about. Pastor Jason, if you would come, please. God's word this morning is to remind us all, if we've embraced Jesus Christ as our Savior, then there's a prophetic calling upon your life. God wants to use you to minister to somebody the truth, the life of Jesus Christ. And you, it's not about, again, I can't stress this enough. It's not about your talent. It's not about your abilities. Brothers and sisters, it's all about God's grace. God chose you simply because he's God and his desire in fact the Bible tells us that he loves to choose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise God does that so that in the end he gets all the glory he's going to open doors for you and it's going to be a virgin experience he's going to ask you to do something that you've never done before that's going to take you out of your comfort zone but he's going to overpower you and empower you with the Holy Spirit so that it won't be through you trying it will be through you obeying because in the end Mary came and said I'm the Lord's servant let it be done to me as you have said Mary came to that place of humility and said, if that's the plan that you have for my life, if that's the call of God of my life, then I embrace it and I say yes to it. There have been many times where the call of God has come in different forms in my life. and, And again, I'm no different than you. I fight it. I want to run from it because of all of my shortcomings and my natural tendency is to look at it and evaluate it and say, "Well, can I do that thing? Is it possible for, for God to use me that way? But little by little, I've learned to just say, God, have your way with my life. And that's what you've purposed and planned, so be it. And I can tell you, brothers and sisters, Every time I've said yes to that, it's been uncomfortable, but it's been immensely rewarding. And God has been honored and glorified. Would you stand with me?